Welcome to the Mapped Out Money podcast, where we help you understand finance and manage your money so you can get on with living your adventure. You're listening to episode number 27. And today's episode is sponsored by the Mapped Out Money Minute podcast. So this is another podcast uh, that I host, and it happens every single day. And it's the best personal finance tips that Hannah and I have to help you with your money. And so it's a little bit different than this show in that the uh, the shows are much shorter, somewhere normally between one to two minutes, uh, and they happen every single day. And so if you're interested in that, we would love for you to check it out. Just search for Mapped Out Money Minute in your favorite podcast app. I think today's episode is especially important because we're talking about how to push through the part of budgeting where it just kind of sucks. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people would think that we didn't have this period, but that's definitely not true, especially for me. Like I remember when you first started getting us to sit down and talk about our money and talk about goals and um, really like lay out everything that we wanted to do and like how much money we were making and how much money we had to put towards those things. And I don't know if you remember this, but I have a very clear memory of looking at you and being like, why did you make me do this? This is awful. Like I've never felt more depressed. Like I walked away feeling super discouraged and you took the totally opposite viewpoint of it. And you were like, why? This is great. Now we know exactly what we need to do. Now we, to, now we know just how bleak the situation is. <laughs> we know what we need to do in order to be able to get to where we want to go. But I was like, yeah, but we're not even anywhere close to that right now. But So it all depends on how you're looking at it. It's but, certainly a perspective thing. Yeah. But no, I mean, we absolutely have this. And this is something that, um, I mean, pretty much every single person that I do a money coaching sort of one-on-one call with and, and the people that come to the classes um, – Oftentimes, there's a point in the call, normally it's about, you know, halfway to a little over halfway through, where we are able to finally see all the numbers for what they are. We get all their expenses laid out, and um, and then I say, okay, so according to your budget, you want to spend, this is how much you're doing every single month. And then I ask the question of, do you make that much? And so many times, the answer is no. And so then I always say something like, yeah, this is the not fun part of this process. Um, And, you know, this is the part that kind of sucks because you have to come to grips with reality that, crap, the way I'm living my life or the way I want to live my life, I don't actually have the income to be able to do that. And if, if any of you listening have tried budgeting, there's a good chance you've had this experience before. And it's not fun. At all. But I think there's a mix of things happening in that situation normally. So it's not necessarily just that you don't make enough money. I think it's also that maybe you're not fully thinking about how you spend your money. Yeah. Um, so I think maybe that's that's an important thing to temper uh, how discouraged you feel um, and just go, okay, well, this is an opportunity for me to look further into how I'm spending my money um, and make adjustments, not necessarily like, oh, I've got to go out and get five jobs now, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but I also think it's like human nature that when that when you do have that moment, you feel like other people never have that moment. Totally. You feel all alone. Yeah. You're like, oh, my gosh, like everybody else is doing great and I'm just not, I don't know what I'm doing and, you know, whatever. So 
I think it's just important to recognize, I would say, the majority of people who sit down and try to get their money in order have this moment. Absolutely. The hard part, I think, sometimes is it can almost feel like, why are we, like you said, like, why are we doing this? Like, this sucks. I know my life was going along fine before I sat down and made myself do this. Life was way better when I just pretended that the money didn't exist. I mean, like, you and I literally had friends in college who... Like, literally said that, right? Like, I'm just not going to log into my student loan portal until after graduation. Yeah, it can be really tempting to just go back and stick your head in the sand and ignore it like you have been doing. Yep. So, all that to say, like, we hear you and we get that if you're listening and going like, yeah, I'm in that phase right now. Like, this is not fun. I've sat down to make the budget and this sucks. Right. Resist the temptation to stick your head back in the sand. Yes. Because that won't move you forward at all, and you won't be happy with those results down the road. Um, And to help you resist that urge, we've got seven tips. Yeah, we got a few tips for you um, to try to help you push through this part. Uh, And so if if it's been a frustrating process for you, um, hopefully some of these tips will help you um, be able to finally push through it. So what's our first one, Hannah? We've got... Focus on your trajectory and not your current location. And this is a a recurring thing that we've talked about, and it's an idea from James Clear, of course, because we always have to talk about James Clear. Yeah. So I'm going to read – let me just pull this up real quick. So this is from his blog post, actually from November of last year. And uh, I'm going to read a section of this, and then we can talk more about it. So he says, it doesn't matter how successful or unsuccessful you are right now. What matters is whether your habits are putting you on the path towards success. You should be far more concerned with your current trajectory than with your current results. If you're a millionaire, but you spend more than you earn each month, then you're on a bad trajectory. If your spending habits don't change, it's not going to end well. Conversely, if you're broke, but you save more than you spend every month, then you're on a path towards financial freedom. And even if you're moving slower than you'd like, you'll get there. Yeah, I think about this like if you're hiking and instead of looking around and enjoying the scenery around you and, you know, all of that stuff, you just keep your eyes like fixed on the top of the mountain. And the whole time you're just trudging along thinking about how far you still have to go to get to the top of the mountain. Mm -hmm. Like that would be zero fun. And you're probably going to stop before you ever make it to the top of the mountain. And um, so I just think it's so important to to not do that because we do that all the time, all whether the it's time. fitness goals or money goals or whatever. It's like there's there's a lot of good stuff that happens in between now and your long-term goal. So don't stay so fixated on that long-term goal that you're not enjoying the journey to get there. Yeah. Well, and it's the hard part too is you're so you're, like we can get so fixated on that long term goal um, that we like can't stand our current placement, right? Because oh, we're not at the top of the mountain yet. So like even though even though what I'm doing right now is good and is working and is helpful, uh, and I and I like it, I'm so like because I'm comparing it constantly to this other thing um, that now I'm not happy with it. Totally. And. Um, to your point, like we can do this in so many areas. And so, you know, what I always encourage people in is like, if, if you're listening to a podcast like this, if you are trying to budget, um, just the very act of like seeing your inflows and your outflows and them not all matching up and all that stuff, like that's a step in the right direction. That's a step 
in a positive trajectory. Um, and so like that in and of itself is a right action. It's a right move. And so it's better to focus on that and celebrate that and try to do more of that than to focus on your current results and what you have discovered through this process. And along that those same lines, if you're trying to implement a new habit of, say, you know, getting into your budget every day mm-hmm. and all of that type of thing, if you only focus on that end result that you're wanting, then you never experience success until you actually achieve it. Yep. Whereas, like, if you're focusing more on the trajectory and making just going through the actions that you need to be going through to improve your position every day, then you have success every time you do those things. And so in order to stick with a habit, you need to be experiencing having those little mini successes along the way or else you're just not going to stick to it. Yeah. And you're not going to get anywhere. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. So I think there's a lot of stuff that ties into that whole idea of focusing on your trajectory. Well, and fi- financial goals are, are really tough to do that with too because it's so easy to put numbers around it. And so, you know, like if you're in the financial independence, retire early sort of sphere, um, then you may feel like you don't have success until you're saving at least 30 or 40 or 50% of your income, right? Because that's sort of the, the numbers that are talked about on the blogs. But um, if right now you're you're saving three or two or five percent of your income um and you're like well i'm not going to be happy until i'm saving 50 it's like okay well that's ridiculous (laughs) like how about we just start by trying to get to six and then seven and that's a huge step in the right direction and a massive stride and, and the right trajectory and so with financial goals in particularly i think sometimes um because they are so numbers based it's easy to like get a certain number in our head and so focus on that number rather than the movement towards that number do you want to say anything else on that one or no i I think that's good okay um i kind of think number two is is doing some sort of gratitude type practice so whether that's like you know, a journal or whether it's just sitting there for a minute and and reminding yourself of the things that you have in your life that you're grateful for. And I think that relates really well to number one, the idea of like enjoying the journey and Mm -hmm. all that stuff, because to a certain degree, it is taking the time to like recognize in the present moment, hey, I'm doing pretty good on this thing. I'm grateful for the progress that I've made in this area, you know, whatever. So Learning to be content with what you have and being okay with the fact that you may want to upgrade something or you might want to improve something or um, make more progress towards a goal without making yourself feel bad about whatever the current situation is. And it's so easy, like we need to just do a whole podcast around like expectations and stuff too, because um, I think a lot of this, when I think about, when I think about the time period that we were sort of going through this funk right and i and i think about what was going on in our life a lot of our a lot of it had to do with our expectations or like forgetting the gratitude piece so here's where i'm going with this a year before this time period we were not engaged 
but we really wanted to be married. It's not really worth getting into the story of how we were able to finally figure out the money and figure all that stuff out. But what matters is, is once we did get married, you instantly start focusing on the and next thing. You instantly thing. start focusing on the next thing. And so now we're like super married. And that was like the one thing that we wanted. We were like, if super we could married. just, well, you know, but like <laughs> we're super married. I'll just kind of married. We're super duper married. Uh, but no, like, like that was the one thing that we were like, if we could just be married, like it, it wouldn't matter how much money we had. It wouldn't matter what we could go do or what we could afford to do. Like we just wanted to be married and we wanted to be moving forward with that right and then that happened and then you get you get married and you get on each other's nerves yeah and then you have a honeymoon <laughs> like we had uh i'm just kidding but then so then we sit down to budget and it's like we have no money it's like yeah no crap we have no money we knew that going into this yeah um it it's so important i guess to do what you're saying which is like to just try to be mindful of how much good is going on in the current situation and how much you do have to be grateful for and how like the situation I'm in right now, um, my my old self would be like ecstatic mm-hmm. about. Um, along the lines of what you were saying too, I think it was Rebecca Lyons' book where she was talking about how it's just human nature to continually want to be adding and upgrading things yeah. in general. Um, and that in order to simplify or cut back you have to really make um, an effort mm-hmm. because just naturally we fall into the opposite of that. And so there is this awareness piece that comes in too, like, okay, why am I wanting to upgrade my car? Yeah. Why am I wanting to be able to go on that extravagant vacation when before I didn't need that thing to be happy? Um, you know, just just being mindful of, of all of that stuff because it is easy to fall into the trap of comparison and all of a sudden finding ourselves wanting things that before we never even thought about. Yeah. You gotta be aware as that stuff changes and yeah. happens. So I think I think yeah, going back to, to sort of what you're saying, like having some sort of regular practice for reminding yourself about these things. And so whether it's a daily journal or you know, the home screen on your phone being a reminder, or I don't know, like that's like whatever you can do to constantly remind yourself or regularly remind yourself how much you had to be grateful for. Well, and, and to like when you find yourself feeling particularly frustrated or bummed out that you can't afford that new car that you had wanted or whatever, using that as your cue to step back and think about like, Okay, well, maybe my car is not as luxurious as I might like it to be, but I do have a car that gets me from point A to point B, mm-hmm. and that's pretty amazing. Yep. So, The third tip sort of, again, goes along with the second in that we want you to think about and be really mindful about how you enjoy spending your money um, so that if right now you're sort of saying, man, it sucks, like I'm in the middle of this thing and... I just feels like my money is all going to either debt or it's not going to where I want it to go or um, I'm you know I'm not able to spend on the things that I really want. This third tip is is all about really focusing on like what are those things that you really do enjoy the most and using your money as efficiently as possible, even if it's a little bit as efficiently as possible to make sure you're maximizing those things. And, and we've done numerous episodes on this uh, this topic of conscious spending, and so. You know, it's like it's like you you just said basically in the moment when you are feeling, man, I it sucks. I can't go upgrade my car or buy this thing or do that or whatever. Like for me, I always look at our pets 
and I always look at them and think about how much money we spend on them um, and how, like, in terms of money, like, if you could measure, like, dollar per, like, joy or um, love or, like, whatever uh, on anything that we spend. like they're the, off the, the pets are off. Yeah, they're yeah. off the charts, right? <laughs> and so, like, yes, if we didn't have these pets, could we go out to eat more every single month or could we do <laughs> a whatever? A lot more. Yeah, a bunch. Um, but they're worth it. And so when we have to sacrifice and we can't go do some of the things that we, we might want to do, like I look at them and I smile and I laugh because uh, they always make me laugh. And uh, I remember that like we've focused on the things that really do matter the most to us. Uh, and it makes me more okay with sacrificing in the other places. I think that ties in with the last point too, because that idea of our tendency is to always add an upgrade yep. and add complexity and, um, recognizing that with our money, our tendency, our natural human tendency is always going to be to spend more and more and more in all areas. And in order to cut back and simplify in areas, you have to be being very mindful about, okay, what's actually not that important to me and what actually is that important to me? And when you're not doing that, you are going to just fall into this pattern of, all of your spending is going to be increasing in all categories. Yep. Again, to that point, like we sort of default to that. Like, oh, well, in order to enjoy my money more, I, I need to be able to spend more of it is basically how this is going to work. Whereas, again, like client after client after client, like person that I see over and over and over again, almost always they're spending money somewhere that if they really stop to think about it, they're not actually that happy with. Mm -hmm. They've just chosen that subscription or that product or that whatever because it's habit, it's what other people around them do or any other number of reasons. And so if you were to stop and actually think and say, okay, these are the things that like literally bring me the most value in my budget. How can I focus on maximizing those? And sometimes that means it doesn't even mean like you have to cut your spending from those things. It it, and, and and just in other places and leave those, it might actually mean you can cut your spending in other places and increase some of the things that really matter to you. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Like like in that first year of budgeting for us, we didn't have a ton of money. Um, but how how long had we been married when we got O'Malley? Less than Probably a year. six months. So, so like in that first year of budgeting, we didn't have a ton of money and we were not, you know, able to do a lot, but we did prioritize and we started figuring out ways to afford another cat um, because that was important to us. And so even though we were cutting all these other areas, we actually increased our pet spending because that was like one of our top values. And we were really conscious about choosing that as a top value. Yeah, I think people assume that you're going to come in with a hatchet and be trying to cut. Yeah. I think like your clients tend to assume you're going to be telling them to cut everything. Yeah. And it's like that's when budgeting gets super super painful and not rewarding yep it's always going to be a little painful because you're doing something that's kind of outside of your comfort zone and you're adjusting how you're normally spending but if you do it in the right ways and you you emphasize the areas that bring you the most enjoyment from your money then the budgeting process is more rewarding than it is painful yeah <laughs> yeah Totally. Kind of the fourth tip here um, for pushing through this tough part of budgeting is getting really clear on how you're motivated. And I think most people, 
I don't know, you may agree with me or disagree here, but I think most people tend to be motivated or lean one way or another um, in terms of they're motivated by achieving positives or avoiding negatives. Uh, and everybody's probably got a little bit of both. But I think sometimes, depending on the scenario, we lean one way or the other. I like positives. You do. You're you're typically much more motivated by achieving a positive. <laughs> yeah. Um, whereas sometimes I'm motivated by achieving positives, but a lot of times I am motivated by avoiding negatives. So an example of this, if you're motivated by a positive, it might be, um, I want to get my money in order so that I can go on a vacation to the Caribbean next summer. Yes. Whereas if you're motivated by a negative, it might be, I want to get my money in order so that I don't have to move back in with my parents in six months. Yes. Yeah, that's like a perfect example. Like for me, um, a big one, like literally me and you were so, gosh, it's so funny. It's like textbook, the examples you just gave, because you were motivated. You finally were excited about the budget and motivated when we started talking about budgeting for more pets. Mm-hmm. Like that was the thing. It was like we got O'Malley and then it was like, hey, you know, you've been talking about a dog for a while. Like we could actually like work a dog into the budget and start like saving and da, 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 and you were all, all on board. Whereas for me, I got super into finance and super into this money stuff when I started looking at it as a way to leave a job that I disliked. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, I, I guess in one way you could flip it right and say it was about achieving freedom or control over my time, which it was. Um, but it was also about like literally just being able to avoid uh, working at the same job that I didn't like for 40 years. So really where I'm going with this tip is whichever one you are, I don't know that there's a right or a wrong here, um, but lean into that. Like get really clear about what it is that's motivating you? You know, why are you listening to this podcast right now? Um, why are you trying to get your money in order? And if it's to achieve a positive or avoid a negative, um, like really think about that and lean into it during this tough time because it's not fun in the moment of budgeting. But if you can really get clear on that motivation, that key motivation and lean into that, it will help push you through sort of the sucky part of budgeting. Yeah, you'll know how to keep yourself going better. And that um, works perfectly into our fifth tip, which is to stack your motivation. Um, So don't rely on one thing. Yeah, one's not typically enough. Yeah, Um, because there's always going to be times when when that's just not going to do it. So it's nice if if one thing in particular isn't feeling very motivating, then it's nice to be able to think through all the other reasons mm-hmm. that you're doing it. So I know like with fitness stuff, you know, if you're only working out to lose weight, well, at some point you're going to be like, mm, cookies are good. I don't care if I'm fat. Give yeah. me the cookies. Yep. Whereas if you're like working out and trying to be healthier because you want to lower your blood pressure and you want to be able to... Um, hang out and play with your grandkids and you want to extend your quality of life for as long as possible well in that moment where you're like um I don't want to work out I just want to sit here and eat these cookies um, and I don't care if I'm fat you can remind yourself well I'm not just doing it because I want to lose weight I'm doing it because I want to be able to do all of these other things yes and you know so it's nice it's just nice to be able to have those things stacked yes no I, I think that's that's really important because, uh, I mean, even for me, like with the job thing, um, there were probably days where I'm like, this job isn't that bad. Yeah. You know, like, I could tough it out. And like with your finances, there's some days where 
you're going to feel particularly motivated because you want to save for retirement and that's great. And you want to have a really great retirement. And then there's going to be other days where you're like, I don't care about retirement. I want to go out to eat today. Yeah. So having multiple things where you can remind yourself what you're working towards and why. And why. Here's the top three reasons or five reasons or whatever it is. And and they need to be go-to. Like you need to be able to recall them very quickly Um, because in that moment of weakness where you're like, I could go do that. Yeah. Um, you need to be able to fall back on that on that motivation stack easily. Yeah. Like, no, I'm not going to do that because I want to have my mortgage paid off yes. in five years. And I want to take the family to the beach next summer. Um, and I uh, want to be able to retire when I turn 50. Yep. Or, you know, whatever. Just having those things that you can quickly go to. And then one layer deeper... For, for all of those is like knowing your your ultimate why yeah. of why do you want any of those things. Yep. And I think it's important with that one in particular to recognize that um, this changes throughout your life. Um, like this is a question we, we got recently in, in like a Q&A session where um, they asked me uh, how our why has changed uh, over the course of our life. And I think our why changes regularly. Now, some of our some of our long-term whys haven't really changed the same. Like we ultimately want to master our money and have a good handle on our money so that we can um, maintain flexibility and have a lot of control over the different areas in our life and be able to have the free time and ability to support family and visit them and do all that kind of stuff. Uh, But our short-term whys change like all the time. And so just recognizing that your your why and your motivation right now um, might be different than it was 10 years ago, and it might be different. It probably will be different uh, 10 years from now, um, and that's totally okay. Let's move on to number six, which is to recognize that life is full of trade-offs. Yeah, this one reminded me of um, Paula Pant. I think we've talked about her on the podcast before, um, but she runs a website called Afford Anything, uh, one of the first one of the first really personal finance blogs that I read a lot of. And um, I just love her tagline, which is afford anything. You can afford anything. uh, You just can't afford everything. And it's such a good point. (laughs) It says it so succinctly, like, listen, life is full of trade-offs. Unless you are, you know, the richest person on the planet, you're always going to have to make trade-offs. Like you're never going to be able to have everything. And so you've got to pick and choose. And right now you can choose to sort of push through the sucky part of budgeting and then gain that light at the end of the tunnel, right? And have a better future because of it. Uh, Or you can make the trade and you can say, nope, I don't care. I'm going to live my life the way I want to right now. And um, my future self will have to face the consequences. Yeah, that's kind of like the macro trade-offs. And then you have like the micro trade-offs, which are all the the little pieces of your budget. Um, So I mean, like even us, cars aren't that important to us, but our like home environment is. So our truck is arguably, yeah, arguably kind of crappy. (laughs) Um, But our Airstream is super nice. Yeah. But we... We uh, consciously made that trade-off because we knew what was important to us. Yep. That's a good point. So I think more than anything, not even recognizing, just accepting it. You know, like this is part of life. You have to make trade-offs. That leads us to uh, that's what it is. our seventh <laughs> tip, which is channeling our inner Jocko. Yes. And that is to embrace the suck. Embrace the suck. Yeah. Or um, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. That's like... 
Nick Bear, who I've been watching a lot of on YouTube, um, just released his training program protocol. Yeah, Nick Bear's like a big He's a big fitness guy. Fitness guy. Yeah. And uh his training program is called Embrace the Suck Training Program. Going back to the trade offs thing, like it's just sort of accepting like this is the way life is, you know? Like this is planet Earth. This is life. And um there's gonna be some suckiness. And the best thing you can do is just to embrace that. Accept it and embrace it and jump into it. Um and keep moving forward And anyways. keep moving forward, yeah. Going back to what you said about Jocko, it reminds me. So Jocko, we, we, I think we talked about this, but Jocko has uh, this phenomenal video. If you have not watched it, you need to. Uh, just type in good Jocko uh, on YouTube and you'll find it. He has this whole video about, you know, every time something bad happens or something's really hard, he says the word good. Uh, and it's a reminder for him to embrace that bad thing or embrace that opportunity or embrace that as an opportunity uh, to get better. Yeah, I like his take on it because it's not glossing over it and acting like there's not a bad thing. Yeah, it's not rose colored glasses. Yeah. So I was going to read just a couple of um, of lines that he has from this. Basically, one of his direct subordinates, uh, one of the guys who worked for him, you know, pulled him aside. Something was going off the rails. And as soon as he finished explaining it to me, um, he said, I already know what you're going to say. And Jocko said, what am I going to say? And he said, well, you're going to say good. And he said, that's what you always say. And then Jocko said, well, that's because I mean it. That's how I operate. He said, so I explained to him that when things are going bad, there's going to be some good that will come from it. Oh, the mission got canceled? Good. We can focus on another one. Didn't get the uh, new high-speed gear that we wanted? Good. We'll keep it simple. Didn't get promoted? Good. That gives us more time to get better. Didn't get funded? Good. We own more of the company. Didn't get the job you wanted? Good. Go out, gain more experience, and build a better resume. Got injured? Good. You need a break from training. Got tapped out? Good. It's better to tap out in training than to tap out on the street. Got beat? Good. We learned. Unexpected problems? Good. Now we have the opportunity to figure out a solution. Then he goes on and on and gives more examples, but you kind of get the point. It's it's just that idea of, um, of really looking at the current situation and going like, man, this sucks. And like not painting it with rose colored glasses or whatever, but embracing it and saying, there's an opportunity in here and it really is going to make me stronger on the outs- on the outside. Yeah. I mean, even going, okay, sitting down right now, trying to budget my money is really depressing yep. and frustrating because I just don't have enough money to do what I want to do. And then turning that and going, okay, well, good. This is an opportunity for me to really dig in and get really mindful about how I'm using my money and what I need to do to get my life to where I want it to be. Like, what what am I actually working towards and what are the things that I want? This is an opportunity to dig into that. Yeah, no, I, I think what you said there, that one line was like perfect too. You said, um, good, this is an opportunity for me to you know, sort of make my life um what it is. And I think that's the part that people never do, right? It, it's it's sitting down and saying, okay, this does suck, but at least now I'm aware of my situation. I know where I'm at. I know what's going on with the finances. I'm in the middle of it. It's not fun. It means I can't get to do certain things, but good, because now I am going to make a change and I can actually get to a place where I'm going to turn my life around and be able to make it what I want. And that's the thing people never do. And so most people, they would never recognize what's going on and if they did they are not going to embrace it and so unfortunately most people 
live their whole life that way. And they get to the end of their life and they look back and they have a lot of regret. And that's, I mean, that's, that's what we're trying to avoid here, right? That, that's the big one that we're, we um, are trying to manage our money so well for uh, so that doesn't happen. Totally. And I'll, along with this is an element of just learning to, I don't know that enjoy is the, the right word, but, you know, like when you're doing some sort of physical activity that's super duper hard, mm-hmm. you get through that just kind of like grind of getting through it. And then you have that sense of accomplishment yes. after. Yes. But you get to the point where you start to enjoy the grind because you know that like the runner's high is coming after yeah. the run. Yeah. Like you're you're trudging through that run. You're in mile one. You know, you have four more miles to go and it sucks. But even though it sucks in the moment, you can almost start to enjoy it because you know what's coming. Yeah, you can start to taste that outcome. You yeah. remember what it what it feels like. Yeah. And so I I think the other thing is, you know, as you're going through and as you have these kind of small wins that start to stack up on each other, you're you're kind of packing your arsenal full of of these little reminders of like this is why I'm doing this um of those little encouragements to keep you to keep you going it's also funny that you say it that way because like money in particular is so we've got so much baggage around it and so much like weird emotional stuff around money uh, like one of the things i hear a lot is people feeling so ashamed that they um, have not been able to manage their money well, uh, especially if they're like um, adults, right? If they're in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, um, and they feel like, oh my gosh, it's taken me this long to manage my money. Well, forget that for a second. When you finally do, like when you finally push through that middle area and you get to the other side and the budget is working and you're saving money and you're paying down debt and you're making those strides, um, one of the phrases I hear so often is like, I feel like I've adulted today. Like, I've, I feel like I've finally grown up. Like, this is this thing that I've been ashamed of my whole life that's made me feel like I'm not really an adult because I don't have my stuff together. And I finally feel, like, accomplished. Like, hey, like, I'm, like, a smart person who, like, has done the thing. And, and that sense of accomplishment, that alone <laughs> is is worth pushing through uh, this sort of middle middle suckiness. This is like a semi-related bonus tip, I guess. But the idea of if you if you feel frustrated or inadequate, like in a particular area that you're trying to work on, for our purposes, we'll say your finances. Mm-hmm. Um, to get through that, one of the one of the things that I think helps me is to think back on something where I've done well, um, like even my experience in school. And so I'll think back to my time in school and go like, well, when I started grad school, I was super nervous and I felt like I needed to be studying how everybody else was studying and that I didn't really know what the best way to go about things was and all this stuff. But as I just kept doing what I felt like I needed to be doing and trying to not focus on what everybody else is doing or whatever. Um, I started to experience successes. I would do good on that quiz or, you know, get an A on that test or whatever. And so along the way, I got more and more confident of, okay, well, I my study style or whatever may not be the same as everybody else's, but it works for me. Mm-hmm. And so I have confidence in my ability to do this 
And even though when I started started this whole process, it felt really overwhelming and I felt like I could never get through it and I felt like I would never be successful in my class or whatever, um, I saw that I, I proved myself wrong. Yeah. And so you, you build confidence in yourself. And the same thing, you know, when you're working out, um, where you're like, I could never work out five days a week. And then you start pushing yourself and you uh, work out for six months and then before you know it working out's like this automatic thing five days a week and you go wow I thought I could never do that um, so reflecting back on on those wins that you've had in other areas even if they're totally unrelated to your finances or whatever you're trying to work on and reminding yourself like hey I thought I couldn't do that thing either and then I did it I proved myself wrong yep. so I can prove myself wrong in this scenario too. Like I, I'm totally capable of doing this. I just have to put in the effort. That's such a good point. I'm glad you brought that up. I, I, I didn't think about it that way, um, but I think that's hugely valuable. And and now that you say that, um, there was a lady in our in one of the most recent classes who said um, she sort of used that and said, you know, I've had a lot of success getting healthy um, by like tracking my macros, and she was like. Budgeting is like the same thing. Like I just, I just have to. Like I've had success. I know how to do this with my health and my fitness. I just now need to like embrace that with budgeting. Yeah. Uh, and and when she like made that click, it was a confidence thing, right? It was even less about the tracking thing. I think it was more about like I've had success in this other area before, and it felt really tough at first, and I succeeded. I can do the exact same thing here in budgeting. Yeah. Um, and it gave her a ton of confidence to push through. All right, so does that bring us uh, to the end of our seven tips? I think so. That means that uh, all we have left is the stuff, stuff we, we like. like. So what are we liking today, Hannah? Oh, this one is definitely yours. <laughs> I was going to make you say it, but I'll say it. We are liking the Waffle House. We. I have dragged Hannah, and now I do you like, like it. House. You like it now. I know, I do. Yeah. I never disliked Waffle House. I just didn't eat there much before you. Yeah. If you haven't ever been to a Waffle House, um, they're amazing. You should go. But you have to go like with the right – it's got to be in the right setting. You know what I mean? Like generally speaking, it needs to be dark outside. That's kind of my biggest rule. So it needs to be at like 9 or 10 p.m. at night or first thing in the morning. But you also need to temper your expectations like 98% of the time if you want – decaf coffee you're not gonna get it yeah so like don't go at night if that's yeah you have to, okay your... so you have to embrace you have to embrace and love the suckiness about it in some ways like it's not it, like when i say i like it and i'm recommending it here on this podcast this is not a five-star breakfast experience right it is for it, it, you, it is but for what me makes it that is that it's but, like actually a two-star that's right that's exactly right it's not <laughs> It, it, and, and it's you're, like a hole in any any. Hole it's like in a the hole wall in the wall diner. What's your favorite menu item at the Waffle House? Oh, the All Star Breakfast. Why? Because it has everything. It has two eggs, cooked medium. I cook a medium. I sometimes get them over easy. Two pieces of toast. Actually, four pieces of toast. Uh, it's two full pieces, but they cut them in half, so you get four pieces. Wow, we're getting like all the details. Okay. You get the waffle, which you have to get the waffle if you're going to the Waffle House. You also get the hash browns. And you get a meat. It's two pieces of sausage. It's the best. And you get all that for like $7. I like their 
Texas bacon cheesesteak melts. And I always have a dilemma because I love their waffles and I I love their chocolate chip waffles, but I don't want the Texas bacon cheesesteak melt and a waffle. It feels excessive. I know. So I always have a dilemma when we go. But the last time we went, um, we had a really good waitress and she told us that we needed to try ranch on our hash browns. And because we didn't look um we didn't look like we were clogging our arteries enough, I guess. <laughs> but we took her word for it, and it was really good. It was awesome. It was really good. It was good. so good. So if you go to the Waffle House, ask for a pack of ranch. A pack of ranch for the hash browns. That was legitimately probably the best Waffle House we've ever been to. And uh, we've been to a lot of Waffle Houses. It was good. So let's spare the people and wrap this up. Okay. Waffle House. It's great. We love it. I love it. Uh, I don't typically eat a lot of chain restaurants. But I always do the Waffle House. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and give us a little wrap-up of our seven tips, Nick? Okay. Seven tips to push you through uh, the suckiness of budgeting in the middle. The first one is to focus on your trajectory, not your current location, your current results. The next one is to just be grateful and start some sort of journaling or gratitude habit um, to remind yourself of the great things about where you're currently at. The third one is to identify how you really enjoy spending money and focusing on that and making sure that you're being efficient with the money that you are spending and getting the most out of it. The fourth one is to get super clear on how you're motivated. Are you motivated by um, you know, adding something or achieving something or are you motivated by avoiding something negative? The fifth is to then stack those motivations. And so don't just have one thing or one reason that you're trying to budget and trying to push through with your money, um, but have a number of reasons that you can lean on uh, and fall back on when times are hard and you're really struggling to push through. The sixth is to recognize that life is full of trade-offs. And again, like we said, more than recognizing, accepting that and um, sort of saying, okay, life's full of trade-offs. That's okay. That's part of it. Um, what do I want to make a trade? And the seventh and last one is to embrace the suck and recognize that even though it's not fun right now and even though it's really hard to push through, there is some good, there's some opportunities that can come out of it. And so embracing that um, and looking for those opportunities and looking for those learning points. So hopefully this was helpful for you. Uh, as always, thank you so, so much for listening. If you are struggling to push through with your budget uh, and it feels tough, we hope that these seven tips have helped. <laughs>